0: Welcome to episode 154 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sasha Dumont.
1: I am another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's my scat, right? Is that what it's called? Scatting?
0: I mean, you can call it that, but (laughs) I don't think that...
1: It's not technically scatting because it was I don't think that that would
0: be appreciated. Sure. It's just what I'm saying. I'm going to leave that... That's that's all on you, baby. All right. All I'm right. not taking responsibility for that.
1: All right. Well, we got some stuff to talk about today. It'll probably be a short one. You just Although jinxed we it. We always say that, and it's never here a short go. one.
0: Um, if we sound echoey, it's because we haven't gotten our shit together yet.
1: Yeah. We've moved locations for the podcast, and um, the uh, sound barriers, absorbers, whatever you want to call them, have yet to arrive. Mm-hmm. So they'll be here next week. So if you can't tolerate it, too bad.
0: Oh, all right. Are you done dropping things?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> good to go.
0: Um, so we were we were gonna wait um to talk about one of these films um because I've been in contact with the director um but the film literally just dropped so he's still kind of touring with it and mm-hmm. doing things and so it's gonna be a while and I didn't want to wait too long um i don't think we would even be able to kind of hook up until july so that's still a ways away mm-hmm. so i figured we'd talk about the film because i there's just so many details that we don't have that i would want to talk to him about right. anyway so um but i did want to talk about the film because uh it did come out and uh um you know so we're we're just i was excited for it. okay so this is another one of those things so this Here was a go. film that I had seen the trailer for uh, maybe like a year ago, I want to say, Okay. somewhere like around a year ago. And I saw the trailer for it and I was like, wow, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And then I swore that I had, you know, marked it into Some kind my of movies folder. Yeah. And I guess I hadn't. Mm. And then, of course, I couldn't remember the name of the movie. So then I'm going through all of my movies and I'm like, well, maybe it's one of these. I mean, how do I know? I haven't seen them yet, right. but I very distinctly remember a specific scene in the trailer. And so I went through all of my movies. I'm like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not mm-hmm. it. And it was a little easier to do because I knew that they were actors that I wasn't really familiar with. Sure. I mean, I they were from, like, their faces were familiar, oh, yeah. but it was like, this isn't like, you know, um, you know, v- freaking 50 million dollar movie you know i was like this is an indie so i was able to kind of like weed those out and then i went through all my indie films and i'm like none of these people are familiar it's that scene's not in there yeah and so i was so ticked because i was like chances are i'm probably never gonna find this movie again when if you consider how many movies come out it's like what are the odds that i'm gonna find this again Mm. and by some miracle like maybe two weeks ago or less a little less than two weeks ago um it popped up as a suggestion, like on Instagram. Right, and as soon as I saw the car, I was like, "That's the fucking movie!" <laughs> like for probably the better part of last year, I would just randomly go on YouTube and search like uh, M- Moody. Indie, drama, relationships, uh, just like trying to find anything. And it would never pop up. And so I was like, this is the damn I thought I'd never see this movie. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty excited because then it popped up because it was being released like two days later. So I was like, beautiful timing. This was really bugging me because right. this kind of thing drives sure. me crazy. Because I'm like, I know I watched this trailer and it exists. Yeah. And I can't find it. So um, we're going to talk about that film. We'll talk about another film that we saw. And that's it. Like, there's just those two. Yeah, uh-huh. We've had we're, some repairs and stuff going on to the house. You're like, yeah, when are you guys ever not making repairs to the house? Welcome Never. to home ownership, yeah. okay? This is uh-huh. our life. There's always something that needs to be fixed and or built. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We built two identical Ikea dressers, yep. which started last night and went into this morning. Not consecutively. We did sleep. Um, but, you know, it's like a test in futility, these things.
1: Yeah. I'm not really we we built them both at the same time.
0: Well, sort of. I mean I helped, but I No, not us,
1: I mean, but we built both units at the same time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I trailed whatever you were kind of doing and uh yeah, I don't I I mean, I'm not sure that saving two hundred dollars on labor at this point is really worth the hassle of building these things, of like going down into the factory area or whatever. Having to find these damn things, then finding out like, oh, they don't have the one we want. It's another color. We didn't want this color. Well, now we have to pick a whole other dresser or whatever the case may be. Then hauling that into your car, then hauling it out of your car. And then the, I don't know, 17 pounds of cardboard and waste that you now have to get rid of. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just the problem with Ikea is that like they have stuff that is always the right size. Yeah, Like I can go to a furniture store and be like, this is better quality. And it's more money, but it's better quality. And it'll come to me assembled, but it's not the right, doesn't fit the spot. But sure. the damn Ikea one does, of course. Yeah. Just oh.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's always been the thing with the Ikea, right? I mean, we'll see how long they last, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we don't have kids and I try not to do somersaults on the dressers. So hopefully. I have a
1: kid, but they're not here anymore.
0: That sounds really grim.
1: Yeah. Well, no, they just don't live here. <laughs> Yeah,
0: they're grown ass you don't have yeah. a child you have an adult that you birth not right. birthed but that you that you helped create Yeah, uh, that's not a child I mean like little kids that yeah. are like constantly jumping off of things and stuff and
1: letting it fall on them and then suing Ikea and now you have to go to Ikea oh and you have to Fill out a it's questionnaire. Take like, like
0: the census bureau and
1: sign the thing saying that you understand that you have to attach it to the wall so it doesn't fall you can over. Understand on that
0: you're not stupid.
1: It literally won't let you in the aisle unless you sign it. It's insane. Yeah, it's, this is why we can't have nice things. Oh. Someone's got to sue and ruin it for everybody. Yeah, so read the instructions. It says it comes with the unit, the things yeah. we always attach. Them, especially, it the, I mean, these aren't attached to the wall. Let's be honest, because they're not kids. Well, you don't need to. The tall nice. ones we always attach to the wall.
0: Well, well, just don't open all those drawers at once or
1: it's coming right. <laughs> it's coming <Right>. down. <laughs> but I know So you better. just
0: you just sat here and ranted about how it's obvious that you would need to that you would need to hinge these to the wall and then you're like, "Well, I didn't do it though." No. But I'm just saying that it, if you don't know to do that, you're stupid.
1: <laughs> well, if you got kids, you know, I'll never be it's not I'll just never just for
0: kids though. You can have a pet or something if you yeah. open all those drawers. But that's the thing. I'll never do over. it and if
1: it comes to a point where this thing falls on me, and it's my fault. I'm not suing because I'm just an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. People yeah. are like overly litigious in this society.
0: Oh, litigious. How yeah. long have you been waiting to shoot that one out, Spud?
1: I don't know. At least a good month.
0: <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Got it out. Um, okay, so so two films. So the, the first film that I was referencing um is called The Killing of Two Lovers. Mm. Mm-hmm, Interesting mm-hmm. title. I like, yeah. I like I like it. I like a good
1: like mysterious kind of title, but yeah. that
0: also you're like I have a feeling I know what's going on here, but yeah. maybe I don't. Um, so two
1: lovers don't die. I want my money back.
0: I uh, want <laughs> at least one of them dead. Um, so okay, so this is a writer director, as you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all about writer directors. However, he also edited the film. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's Robert Mekosian. McCoy nailed it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you gotta look up the phone. I hate I I would rather not say someone's name than say it wrong. Yeah. I don't know why. I that's I'm just weird like that. Um and so, okay, so it's uh it's starring uh Chris Coy, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Like mm-hmm. we've seen him like, every time I see his face, I'm like, oh I know that guy. Uh Clayne Crawford and um a lot of people I've in interviews I've seen her uh they have called her Seppy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's Sepida Moafi. Um, and so she also, I think, did The Deuce. Like, she was in a bunch of uh, – she's been in a bunch of shows. Sure. Um, but I just want to – like, okay. Here we go. So the the tone to this film I really liked. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect um, – I guess the pacing, I don't know Mm -hmm. why, like I, I just, and not, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It was just like, Oh, like once I realized like the pacing, I was like, okay, this is different than what I thought it was going to be. But I was just so thoroughly impressed with the fact that this dude did so much. Like you don't see that often. You don't see directors, director writers also taking hold of editing and i don't know if that was out of necessity or if that was preference Um, hopefully we'll be able to talk to him on the show at some point and you know get answers to that but um i really i just really love seeing stuff like that and i think the the um budget was fairly reasonable i think it was under a million the Mm. film i think if i read that correctly i'm trying to yeah um, which you know, of course, like on our levels, like a million might as well be fifty million. But yeah. in terms of like independent film, yeah, uh, you know, and and having known actors in, in this, mm-hmm. it's a very reasonable, very reasonable yeah. budget. So I really do hope we get to talk to him because I want to be like, whoa, 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 how, how? Tell me, like, yeah. tell me all the things. I want to know all the
1: things. This film for me was it's this is the type of film that the further I get away from watching it, the more that I like it. You know, um, there's. It's it's I don't say it's unconventional because it's not like I've never seen anything like this before. It's 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 got a fairly um, strong narrative structure. It's not like, you know, um, some obscure thing that nobody will ever get. But even within that, it's very unique and it's very um, it's 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 when I was after I watch a movie that I like, Mm -hmm. I always have to figure out, okay, what did they shoot on? What lenses did they (laughs) use? What camera did they use? And I came across this one article about it and it said I think it was the DP talking about how they wanted all the shots to feel like these old Polaroids. Mm-hmm. And then it clicked for me. I was like, this genius. Because it, you know, he tended to sit on a lot of shots. Yeah. And um and then, you know, so that's not very conventional. But then when you when you sit back and think about it you're like yeah if you were to take a polaroid of this of this truck in the in the field Mm -hmm. and this person standing there that's what the polaroid would look like and then the scene plays out in that in that context and it's like you know and then i think about it more and i'm just like yeah this film was was great because
0: there were a lot of wide like really wide really really wide shots that that he just sat on
1: yeah and, and we, uh, I
0: remember when we were watching, we were like, "This is weird."
1: That poor like, audio guy. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know how they did. Or that. gal, sorry.
0: Um, and then also, like, you don't have any other uh, footage for that. Like, if you mess yeah. up that scene, you have to start all over again because there's no cuts. It's just yeah. this. It's yeah, because the wide, whole scene will play out. Yeah, the whole scene played out uh, in, in you know as a, a, a wide
1: shot. I have a feeling, and um, we'll I'll ask if, if if we ever get get him on, but I have a feeling that. This seems to me like... Because the, the, the chemistry was so good. I have a feeling this is the type of film where they like, this is the script, but just this is the, the goal of the scene mm-hmm. and just get to the goal. I don't know how strict they were to the to the script. And mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of films like this, because there's so much chemistry, a lot of times that is born from the director allowing the, the cast to to kind of just go and just kind of... I mean, there's kids, so you kind of have to be a little bit more organized with kids and stuff.
0: Well, on uh, that topic, all right? So... I think it was, uh, there was this one scene where he gets all of the kids into the car because he's taking them to the park and um, where they're having a, he's having this really candid, like incredibly realistic conversation. And I remember saying, this is such a, th- this dialogue is so feasible, right? A lot of times, no matter how naturally someone tries to write something, it comes off as scripted, right? And one of my pet peeves with kids in films, especially little girls, is when they put them in like these froofy dresses. Cause I can't, on, I honestly cannot remember the last time I saw a female child, okay, when it wasn't Easter or New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or something, that was wearing like some fluffy dress. Like girls yeah. don't dress like that anymore. They, you know, yeah. I was a tomboy. So it's like yeah. I had like Oshkosh and Buster Browns and shit. So it's like I always hate when they go for like this very stereotype you know, like the stereotype of what a little girl looks like, but it's very dated in like 1950s, I'll yeah. even go 70s, but not, not even really, you know, it's like girls wear pants and have for a long time. And it isn't to say that they don't wear dresses, but it never fits. It always feels really convoluted yeah. and forced. And so, um, and that being one of my pet peeves, the other is like, you know, when you hear kids talking like little adults, because it's written by an adult. Yeah. And then so they don't write it for the way that a child would actually deliver that line in in an or in an, in an organic conversation yeah. have you. And I thought like man these kids like they are vibing hard. Like yeah. I've never seen kids seem this natural. And then I'm looking at all their last names. And I'm like, oh, they're all freaking related. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so which is have that genius. Yeah. Beautiful because they don't have to pretend like they're comfortable around one another. Or if they're even if they're not, if they're fighting or annoyed or it's with just one another,
1: humongous coincidence that they, they all had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but even looking at them, I was like, these kids. Because that's another thing, right? You and, and you can't really control it a lot of times, but it's like you cast, you, you know, they're they're casting, and it's like these kids don't look anything like their parents, like in any way, shape, or form. But these kids resembled one another, but then they also looked like a combination of the mother and father in mm-hmm. it, which was like, okay, this all looks really possible. And then you know, when I looked up the kids, I was like, wait a minute, they have this. Okay, this kid has the same last name as the other kid. I was like, oh, they, are these actually siblings? Yeah, and. No wonder this is so natural. But then also with that, um, just the 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 kind of flow that um, Clayne Crawford's character, the way he talks to the kids is really natural. Yeah. And um, when he tells them a joke at the window and, you know, it's that moment of yeah, like. Man, I
1: just I loved him in this, too.
0: It was just so good. It this was just so movie, good. You know? It was really it was really good. And I agree that it's something that it's like you kind of sit with and you're like you know what in the moment you're like oh i don't know and then right. afterwards you're like wait a minute that actually just really
1: held because, together yeah. really nicely especially for someone like me because i watch a lot of conventional stuff you know mm-hmm. um so watching something like this is always like it's not like a shock or anything but you got to kind of have to get into that you know settle into that and so for me i appreciated it while i was watching it. it's not like i thought it was bad at all when i was i, I knew that this was a great film but it just you know, the, you know, the appreciation I had for it just grew days after, you know, and that's happened before with some other films. But with this film, it was just like, damn, that was good, you know?
0: Yeah, it's this, the story was really engaging. And I, I really, I, I appreciated that. Um, I didn't know I really thought that I knew, I don't know that I knew where it was going, but I, I sure as hell didn't think that the film was gonna go where it went in like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, I wanna say.
1: Yeah, because the the um it kind of spoiled it for me because we were watching it and then we had to pause it for some reason. And mm-hmm. I saw there was like five minutes left. So I knew like, yeah. oh, this is the last scene. You know, if I hadn't known and it just ended where it ended, I think I would have been more, it would have been more impactful.
0: Yeah. And so we kind of were like expecting something else because it's like, well, something must happen. Yeah um and it does it's just not in the order that you think right. you know the the ending that you get is not the ending that is very conventional that you think you're mm-hmm. going to get it still works it's just that when yeah it just sucked that we paused it cuz then we were like our brains went into all these other places and we're like we're running out of time yeah. <laughs> so um but right before the very last scene yeah and before it wraps up this scene of him having the argument with the boyfriend yeah um First of all, just the this this really like flippant flippant kind of way that he would engage with the boyfriend. Yeah. Was like
1: I've been in that scenario that- <laughs> so many you know, like I've like it just felt so again, just so yeah natural. But like,
0: it was like com- it was comedic. There was a tension, but it was comedic in the way that he played that character because he was really trying to like Hold his shit together.
1: But be a smart ass. But
0: be a smart ass yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And then, you know, when you start to take in the opening scene for this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like, damn. You know, like yeah. when you... There were so many things that could have happened and gone differently. And and I think that in the in the hands of the wrong actor, I may have questioned what was going on more mm-hmm. in terms of this, like, flip-flopping that he did. But I think that it was... It was really curious to just sort of see this unraveling, but it was a controlled way that he unraveled yeah. and where like he knew he was being um,
1: I don't know. Like, but I, I, th- I think it just layers the character because so many times, you know, you have somebody that goes through something like this and, you know, what could bring someone to the point of wanting to kill somebody else in their in their mind, whether they go through with it or not you know, doesn't mean that their whole life is like that. You know what I mean? Like you still have to go buy groceries and take care of your kids and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, but, but you can still have those, you can have more than one kind of thought.
0: Yeah. But I mean, know, I just, mean, it was a little more than a thought.
1: No, but you know what I mean? Like you can have these layered kind of emotions going on where, you know, you think like you think about doing something crazy and come close or do it or whatever. But at the same time, you, you know, other aspects of your life, you could be a caring father or you could. You know, take care of well, a, an elderly family member or something. So. I
0: think where he did so well was that I actually, from the opening scene.
1: From the jump.
0: From the jump, I was like, oh, this guy's a dick. Yeah. You know, because it's like, who does that? Yeah. Like, no matter what, right, you, regardless and of what happens. zero
1: context. You don't know. Exactly. The exactly. relationships of any of the characters.
0: But I just thought, like, no. Okay. I mean, even, even with what the boyfriend winds up being it's like you would have taken your children's mother away from yeah. them and traumatized them and you know and and yourself because now you're gone because yeah. you're going to go to jail if you're caught hopefully uh, but you know so it's like there was this 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 shock value that you're like oh this person's completely unhinged and yet somehow i found myself um feeling compassion towards him when he then has the confrontation with the boyfriend yeah and it's like, oh.
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. In that moment, I, I was rooting for a little bit more of kind of something out of him. Just like, come on, buddy. Oh, well, but that, you know,
0: that's that was I think that was the point was like he yeah. didn't see that coming. I yeah, think yeah. No, he no, thought no, yeah, totally it makes sense. He had the upper hand. It hands. makes sense in the
1: film. And, and you know, I'm not I don't say that as like a negative thing. on yeah. the film. I just say that as like a as a violent thing American. For me, like, I'm just like, come <laughs> you on, buddy. He you know, just rooting, wanted to see rooting for the for the. <laughs> Rooting for him, you know. Um,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was really brilliant because he didn't see it coming any more than we did as an audience. Yeah. Now, yeah, because
1: you know the thing is, and and this was done so well too, is the boyfriend played that that thing so well of yes. like being like very angry, like f you too, blah blah blah, but then also being like, okay, I'm sorry, let's, I'll just deal with, no, I'll deal with it to so try to get the 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 um, Derek was that character, girl, name. try to get the girlfriend slash wife. To feel at ease to leave them alone. So but he kind of played I that. I didn't
0: even get that. Like I didn't even really feel like Derek's character was very aggressive. I felt like he was he was on um he was on a power trip, right? As the boyfriend, right? So yeah. I thought he was doing the whole like the typical thing where it's like, well obviously my girlfriend is no longer with you for a reason and it's your fault mm-hmm. solely. Right. So he was doing that whole like why are you talking to my girlfriend like this yeah. or blah blah blah. And uh, you know, it's just it's just such a typical, like, bro attitude. So mm-hmm. I really didn't think anything much of it. But I really did think, like, I didn't think he was actually trying to have a fair relationship that he actually wanted to be friendly and reconcile with, uh, was it David's character? Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was genuine at all. I knew that he no, was no, just yeah, I mean, doing he it. He was just
1: doing that to... to
0: he to, was putting up a front, but I didn't realize to what extent, I yeah. guess. Yeah, you yeah. know, I didn't realize that it was that it was such a farce that it would go where it went. So when he lashes out suddenly, which we were none the wiser to no more than David was. Cause mm. I mean, I think that if David had an inkling, he would have been able to kind of hold his own. Mm. Obviously he has a violent streak. <laughs> it's yeah. not like he doesn't. Um, but it, that was just how off, like off the rails, this guy went so quickly that he didn't even see it coming. And you know, a sucker punch is a sucker punch. Like you can be, you can be a great fighter when you're ready. Mm-hmm. But if some somebody sucker punches you, and yeah. you're like disorientated. Like that's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much stronger or more skilled you are than that person. They just got to hit you in the right spot. Which he clearly, yeah. you know, we it, it's it's. Uh, And that whole like thing
1: afterwards, where he like got in the the whole. I didn't know where the
0: hell that was going. I, you know, I really did think that it was Derek's character following him. And I'm like, he's going to fucking kill him. I I really thought that was going to go in another direction um, or that he wouldn't survive or, you know, because he took a lot of hits to the face. And I'm like, why? How are you driving? Like, you've got to be concussed. Yeah. Uh, but just that, and the that's chaos the other thing, too, is scene. like you,
1: you look at the scene from uh, a typical standpoint, and like you know, somebody takes a punch and then they fight back or whatever. But if you were to take a sucker punch that hard
0: to the chin in the right, yeah, in the right spot, you're done,
1: you know. And so, it's not like this huge, drawn out thing because most fights aren't, you know, most fights yeah. don't last forever. So, that's kind of, you know, it was very grounded in that way.
0: But it was also a really humbling moment for him because. Yeah. He had the upper hand in the opening scene, right? And we don't think that Derek's character has that in him. But now he's sort of met his match in mm-hmm. a way where it's like, yeah, no, this guy's just as fucking yeah. invested in the crazy as you were. She knows how this to pick him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was going to say, suffy's <laughs> character really just, yeah. <laughs> really needs to uh, just kind of step back and think about what she is attracting in her life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, you know... I thought that 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 their co-parenting was interesting because there is that sort of gray area.
1: Yeah, because neither of them are like bad parents, but they're not like you know no neither one of them are better than the other. And I thought they did a yeah. good job of balancing that out. Where because a lot of times you can your opinion on somebody can sway with how they're treated their kids. He's obviously a good father. She's obviously a mm-hmm. good mother. So you can't be like, well, f that guy because he's not a good dad anyway. So I thought it was like a good choice to kind of like like, I don't know, level the playing field, I guess, to a certain degree in that way where, you know, um, without, you know, um, you know, with not using the kids as leverage mm-hmm. for our emotions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that they, that neither of them really had, no, nobody had like the, the, uh, the instruction manual on how they were supposed to handle this situation right, because right. it's not a conventional situation. And, um, but I did, um, I did find myself wanting to know, like, how did we get here? Yeah. How did we get to this point? Was it that you did you did you change? Like, you know, did you guys just kind of want different things? Um, was it his tendencies? Because that's what made me wonder, like, does she know that he's capable of this? Yeah. Cause when everything ends, that's where I was left with it. Like, even though I was invested in him and I did like him, there was still a part of me that was like, I don't know. But this is really the best situation
1: (laughs) because when you consider
0: the opening scene you're like there's still a lot that needs to be addressed and she doesn't even know it
1: yeah because there was a there was a moment in there where where he was like you know basically i don't remember it verbatim but it was basically like you need to we need, you need to commit to something or let me go i can't just be strung along here Mm -hmm. you know and i thought that was interesting because I, I would really want to know where his headspace would be if she was decided to be like, we're done. Right. 100%. You know, would he go through? Like, is his, did he go there because of the situation? Or did he go there because he just, you know, everybody has a breaking point, and if that just happens to be it for him,
0: that's outside a, of that. That's a pretty deep breaking point, though. That's like, that you have to have a level, uh, that there is absolutely a level of uh, emotional um dysfunction and mental yeah. dysfunction if you're taking things to that point to say like man i was at such a low point that i thought if something happens to her i don't even care that's one thing that's you know you feel betrayal and anger but to physically be in someone's bedroom yeah you know <laughs> pointing a gun at them yeah. uh without their knowing in their most vulnerable state while sleeping is like that's and your children are in the house so mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying, like when this wrapped up, I didn't really see this as a happy ending, if you will. Mm. I saw it as like they're they they're still living within that dysfunction. It's just like like when when that wrapped up, I didn't see that lasting is my point. Mm. I was like, this is temporary because of the the trauma that this guy caused. She feels guilty because she brought this man into their life, and look what he's done to the father of. Mm -hmm. her children and to a man that she still obviously has love for. So I felt like it was guilt that brought her together and he didn't give a shit because he just wanted to be with her. So he didn't care if it was genuine or not. He just got to be with her. And so I was like, this is not going to last. I'm not convinced that one of them won't die physically I know you know I I, it's obviously the like the metaphor of the killing of two lovers although it almost was yeah yeah uh, it 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 almost was it it could it's a play on words because the two lovers could be her and her boyfriend but he is also her lover as her husband yeah so it's like this all around just this sort of death of this uh the the initial love that they had yeah um watch the director be like that's not what I fucking meant at all yeah I'm like sorry (laughs) Just I went I went left then with we it. Then
1: we say your art is fantastic because but great it, art always always has, you know, different meanings. Anyway. Yeah, but
0: that, that's how I I took it as it wasn't just one one death. It was, you know, yeah. just it was it, and it was the death I think of the, of them that that uh just the genuine aspect of their relationship because they got together so young. Yeah. You know, and so it's like no matter what, shit's never gonna be the same again. It could never be like Oh, hey, remember that time that you had a boyfriend that almost killed me? Nope, I have no recollection of that. Like yeah. that's always when is the next fight? Is that going to get thrown in his, in her face or yeah. you know, so I thought like
1: or will this happen again? Yeah, I just you thought you know, will she feel man, like she, she if needs if she
0: does this a third time like <laughs> like with a third person you mean? Like another boyfriend? Yeah,
1: she's yeah, like I need another We she, were on a break. She had
0: the worst taste in men if this happens for a third time, but yeah. um yeah, that's I think that's what made it so great for me when you sat with it afterwards was like i think at face value you're like oh look derek's out of the picture and but then it's like no if i'm thinking about how this started we're still not in a good place (laughs) this is still not a good place to be in yeah um So, yeah, I I, like I said, I really hope that we'll be able to sort of get our schedules together and then we can talk to uh, Robert about it. Because I I have so many questions about just even just the production and how. Yeah. Because it was a fairly small.
1: It was. And it was in a a town that had like, you know, population of like 100, like one of those type towns or whatever. So I'm really interested to, to kind of like pick his brain about the production and stuff.
0: Absolutely. So, so I, I recommend it. I'm so glad. So that if it you know him, tell him like, hey,
1: listen, buddy,
0: <laughs> he's got stuff going on.
1: Yeah. What more, some more important than this podcast? What's more important than this podcast?
0: Let I me mean, tell you something. If there's anything that's going to catapult you to stardom, I'm it's saying, being on this show.
1: I'm st- we're doing you um, a service right now by talking <laughs> about it.
0: <laughs> that's how cool we are. Yeah. Um, okay. So the second film. So it was a toss up between this film and. Um, The Father, Mm -hmm. which was the Academy Award winning film. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Just being a cheapskate, just with, you know, trying to save money. The Father was initially like $20 and I was like, eh, I'll wait. And now it's like $5.99. So So it was a toss up between that and uh, the film we wound up watching, which was called The World to Come. And um, I'm not going to say that uh, I would have probably ran to this film if Christopher Abbott hadn't been in it, because mm. that would probably be a lie. I may have been interested in it, but I probably wouldn't have seen it for quite some time. But I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't even need to watch the rest of this trailer because Christopher Abbott's in it. Not for very long, mm. but he is in it. That's that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. I'll take mm-hmm. whatever I can get. Right, five minutes of, of the Abbott, fifteen minutes of the Abbott. It still works. Right. Okay. So this was uh, director Mona. Fastfold. Oh, I want to say that's uh, Ron Hansen was the writer. Okay. And um, so this is this is starring. Oh, then also I think. Wait. Okay. This was a book though, right? It
1: felt like it. No,
0: it was. I oh, think it was. said. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was an original story. Oh, Jim Shepard. Okay, so Jim Shepard wrote the original story, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ron Hansen and then Jim Shepard also did the screenplay. So this was starring, uh, Catherine Watterson, Vanessa Kirby, Christopher Abbott, and Casey Affleck. Uh, they were pretty much the only, like the main, yeah. co- There were like a couple of other people that you came had a mailman in for
1: and, a, and a shop a owner. Sheriff and <laughs> and a sheriff and a shop owner. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that was pretty much it. Um, and so they were the main focus of it. And, uh, it's a, it's a very slow paced film. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a period piece. Yep. Um, 18, late 1800s, I think. Yeah. And, um, when I watched, like, when I watched the trailer, I was like, okay, it's a love story. I did with this what I tend to be to do with trailers now, which is where I'll watch, like, the first 30 seconds, and if it pulls me in, I stop. Because yeah. then I don't, you know, they give so much away. Yeah, then, yeah.
1: So I started doing that as well.
0: I didn't know what else to expect from it, but I knew that it was, like, a love story between the two women. hmm and um, you had made a comment that it sort of reminded you of Brokeback Mountain.
1: Yeah, like the the tone of this film, and not because of the um, you know Brokeback Mountain has two guys, this is two girls. It wasn't like that at all. Could have been the genders were completely irrelevant. But there's just this tone that that the filmmaker had in this that it made me feel that it reminded me of that, you know. And I'm sure a lot of it was just seeing the beautiful landscape, you know, as well as. But there's just it something reminded
0: in- me of Cold Mountain.
1: Yeah, I can see that as well. But just there's something about the tone of it reminded me of of Brokeback, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's a, you know, I say that with with because I love Brokeback Mountain. It's just an amazing film. And so, yeah. like, there was we a both lot
0: talked about that how that last scene of um, in the film when he has the shirt up on the closet gets the picture.
1: That is a tough, the tough worst. scene to get through. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it, yeah, I mean this this film for me. I felt like could have benefited from being longer. Mm, It did feel very short. I really wanted to be more invested in their relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and for me, you know, it's not like I didn't feel apathy or or empathy. I don't know which one because I'm a sociopath, but. um, (laughs) 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 All righty. But, you know, I would have loved to have been more invested into that relationship. So then come the end of the film, I would have felt affected more. I felt affected, but I just feel like there's so much more there that I'm sure in the book there's, you know, there's probably, you know, you Tons know, three detail. quarters of the book goes yeah. into that probably. Um, but I would have loved to have have experienced more of that so I can feel more of a connection to those characters. And, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, the performances were great by everybody. You know, the, the set design was, you know, period pieces are always tough. Um, but the set design for that stuff was really, really good. You know, the acting looked great. They shot on film, actual film. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a great film.
0: I was though. there, there was a point where I was kind of flipping on both sides where I said my, my reservation was sort of that I didn't, I felt like the, um, the stakes were higher than I would have expected them to be because she. They seem to be so enamored with each other in such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. I so really it was like loved to have...
0: um so, but so they Should get have been in, a show they get into that later, right? at the at, at the end where they do like these flashbacks. And yeah. you're like, oh, so this went deeper than we actually right. saw. And I'll, I'll I will say something. I kind of appreciated that because this type of movie, and honestly, when I went in, I was like, what where?" Where is the gratuitous lesbian sex scene? Because mm-hmm. it's inevitable, right? But then that always serves as a distraction.
1: Right. Oh, I'm not talking I, about any of that stuff. I wanted to.
0: No, no, I know that. I know. I mean, listen, you, I, you're a dude and you would have liked <sighs> sexy time with two girls. But what I'm saying is that normally, right, that's what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So when I didn't see that, I thought, well, this is kind of interesting because it forced you to sort of go to sort of delve deeper into the actual emotional attachment that they had. And you weren't distracted by like, oh, girls and boobs. You know what I mean? You get that in sort of these flashbacks at the end, but it means so much more now, right? Now it's not, they weren't just sex scenes. It was like, oh shit, this went deeper than I thought it did. Mm -hmm. This was way more physical than I expected this relationship to actually be. And then the stakes were higher at that point. And so I think that while the one side of me was like, how did they become so attached so quickly? I think when you look at it, when you step back and you look at it, it was more of the situation and the circumstances in that, uh, Watterson's character had lost her child. And so she was vulnerable and sort of seeking this affection. And, um, her husband didn't really appreciate her as an individual. Yeah. He, like, like most men at that time, because it was traditional, you know, your wife was there to like bear children and take care of the, the ch- household duties yeah. and, and those types of things But he didn't appreciate her, uh, her intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like when she was like obsessed with getting an atlas that's not something that most women would ask for at that time because it's like what the hell are you going to do with that he didn't say wow how cool that you take an interest in having an atlas to him it was just like this silly thing and actually something that um, when he says uh, when she says i can't think of anything better to spend my money on he's like well you could buy a gift for your husband you know so it was like this he just didn't appreciate her as an an individual whereas this person did and then for vanessa kirby's character her attachment was in the fact that she couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And so she finds this woman who's lost her child. And so they're sort of like interwoven in yeah. the, their own trauma. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I can see why they would have fallen so hard so fast. Yeah. And then this is also a time where it's not, it's not like now where you can have friends and family and you can go, you know, In this time, this was all you had. Your whole life existed. Yeah, we talked about how like- Your existence was surviving surviving, to the next day.
1: Yeah. That's it. Getting food and finding a way to survive, yeah.
0: That was it, you know? So you didn't have anything to distract you. There's not television or dances or things that you're going to or clubs or whatever, or or even podcasts (laughs) or music, you know, that you're able to just sit and listen to. Every day is just like this constant reminder of how hard- life is and so when you get the littlest bit of distraction Mm -hmm. you kind of like go ham you know because it's just like oh cool something different um so i think like i don't know i think initially i was just like oh this seems kind of maybe unlikely or sort of slow and i it wasn't my favorite ever but i think that um it's under it might be underappreciated by some yeah it it definitely was a good film you just kind of have to, it's sort of like the killing of two lovers. You have to watch it differently yeah. and you have to be in yeah. that headspace to I watch I think for it. me
1: the, like, and I, and I only say this as a, as a fault because I liked it so much. It's like, I just literally wanted to spend more time with them together. Mm-hmm. It's like, just this great intimate scene where they're like under a tree or mm-hmm. like in the woods or whatever. And they just have this great moment together of chemistry. And I would like to have seen more moments of that. So that way at the end, I, I felt more invested, but like, that's literally my only critique. I feel, you know? I
0: was really interested in like the difference in where Christopher Abbott took once it was clear to him that this relationship wasn't just a friendship um where he went with it yeah versus where Casey Affleck's character was like he knew yeah you know you had to he knew but he didn't hold that against her, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought he was like gonna flip yeah, on her. Yeah, he was her.
1: even supportive of it. Like, he even as as, you, as much as you can dro- be in drove that drove her, time.
0: but like rode her, yeah. you know, uh, horse and carriage, uh, an uncovered horse and carriage, mind you, yeah. over to this woman, which he could have been like, "Fuck that shit," you know, <laughs> what I mean? like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take you to the bitch. Yeah. You know? like, but um, he had this support for her. I think that. He felt for her, mm-hmm. you know, and they had they had both had such a loss, and so it was like she got this affection or love from him that he couldn't give her, or I don't know. I just thought like I thought it was kind of endearing the way he handled it. Yeah. Um. And obviously Christopher Abbott's character was just kind of like a a stronzo, yeah. You know, and um, he was ha- he was abusive in his way and um yeah so it's like when there's that scene where they're like dancing together I thought well this is unnerving because they don't have that kind of relationship and yeah. then I'm like why aren't her arms up yeah and then I was like oh no yeah um and yeah that was so that was so jarring it was just like like I had a feeling it was coming but you're just like oh oh um, they did really good with that makeup also um yeah you know when she when she, she her puts her face. That you, that you let me mentioned. tell you something. I I I'm watching this and I'm like I've seen Vanessa Kirby and stuff. No shade, but her hair has never looked that great. Now I don't mean like it looks bad, Just but I mean like, like her heat. hair yeah. looked phenomenal. I'm like I don't remember her hair ever being that fantastic. Yeah. And so apparently we're going through the credits, which was really uh, was a really cool font. The way yeah. they did it, it was like handwritten. It looked like uh, you know in in cursive at that mm-hmm. time, that sort of pen and ink. Uh, in feather, whatever the hell, um, and then it said like Vanessa Kirby's wig maker, and I was like, okay, that is the best wig I have yeah, ever seen in my life because her hair was fabulous. Mm. It was really, really pretty. Uh, wigs are weird, you know. A lot of times, wigs are like that's yeah. clearly a wig, but I thought like I thought okay, Looking her at hair,
1: you, uh, Venom.
0: <laughs> I thought her hair looks fuller, so I assumed extensions. I thought they put like yeah. extensions, but. It was beautiful. I don't know. Wig, I forgot the wig na- maker's name, but you did a great job. Yeah. It was really good. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. It, this is like, it had like a broke back cold mountain kind of feel to it. I appreciated it. I appreciated it. I didn't, I get, you know, I didn't like love it. I didn't think it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen, but it definitely, I don't know. It it, it was impactful and I yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, That always sounds like such a, like a backhanded compliment, right? Where you're like, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's like I don't mean it that way, but yeah. I just mean like I didn't, you know, I didn't walk you're away just from it expectations. like
1: expectations. Yeah, like yeah.
0: I didn't walk away from it blown away, you know, like Broke Back Mountain, like when that movie ended, it was just like, I need a fucking moment. You know what I mean? Like that just really but not every movie's meant to be that some yeah. movies aren't Right. They're, they're the, the intention is not to like completely emotionally destroy you, yeah. but to just kind of fuck you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, so that that's the thing. I, I guess it's like when I watched it, I was expecting like that Brokeback Mountain kind of caliber of emotion. And I was like, Oh, this is more, you know, like at the end where it's like, she's not there, but you can't take that memory from her right. kind of thing. I was like, that's right. interesting. Um, I actually found myself feeling a little bit bad for Casey Affleck's character. (laughs) Like this fucking guy loses his kid, and his wife, even after her lover dies, is just imagining him as her. (laughs) Just like yeah, you are not what she wants. Is basically what's happening. Yeah. Um. But you know they have this connection together. So I think it's like you know she may not have that lust for her husband, but she has a love for him, and you know. I liked it. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that I thought it it was a good film.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a good, really good film even. Um,
0: So maybe we'll, at some point, we'll watch The Father because I know a lot of, that got a lot of praise.
1: Yeah, it did.
0: Now I'm like, you know, when somebody gets an Academy Award at at that age, you know, I'm curious. I'm like, you know, it's Anthony Hopkins. So it's like, it's not like, (laughs) like I don't expect him to give a great performance, but it's just, it's it's always super interesting to me. And I love that. I love that. You know, because Hollywood is such a young person's world, right? Yeah. And so it's like when you're like, this person gave an Academy Award performance at like, I don't know, was he like nearly 80 or something in his late it's 70s?
1: 145? Like <laughs> I'm not sure. But somewhere <laughs> around say there.
0: 3,000 years old. <laughs> um, no, You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. You know, like, hops. you don't lose that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't freaking lose that. And I think it, it just gets better. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that it's like this young person's game where it's like, no, like, how could you not see bringing all those decades of experience as an actor being a benefit to a film? Why? why? Because they're not, you know, in their 30s or 40s or at their prime. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, they're in their 70s. It's like, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: But, you know, people are in their 70s and you can have movies about that that are really uh, poignant, if you will. I will. That's it, guys. That's it. I don't know what we have. Well I don't know under an
1: hour. What... Look at us go. I
0: know. I know. I mean, sometimes sometimes we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have to go through the schedule. I think, actually, um, we're going to have a guest in two weeks. So you're going to have to deal with us for another weekend. Maybe we'll, we will have watched The Father by then. I don't know. Um, yeah. But we have another guest uh, coming on for an indie film. In two film weeks. In <laughs> two weeks. Um, yes. So that's it. That's it. That's all we got. I don't think anything else has happened like newsworthy stuff has happened.
1: Not that I can think of.
0: I did want to see Cruella, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do is spend $30 on it. No. I'm sorry. Like, it's tempting, which says a lot. It's tempting because I know it's going to be free soon because I really do like um, Emma Stone. Mm -hmm. And I think that it looks like when I saw the trailer to it. I feel like it's
1: a a great role for her.
0: I saw the trailer to it. Like when I... They said they were doing yeah. the movie. I'm like, I never was never really a hundred and one Dalmatian. Interesting fan. though.
1: I saw um I'm not gonna say I saw the article. I saw the article, I didn't read it, but it was about how they had to adjust because Cruella smokes and Disney mm. doesn't smoke anymore. They don't do right, any more right, right. smoking. So that that's interesting kind of adaptation. Could she vape? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: worse for you, I think, but um yeah, I, I've never I was even as a kid, like when I, I saw that cartoon once. So that film once and I never, it was never a favorite of mine. So I was like,
1: yeah, it wasn't anything, but Uh, you know, I know I think we talked about it when we first saw it, but that it looked, it felt like Disney's um, version of uh, Carly Quinn, Carly Quinn, Carly, Carly Quinn,
0: (laughs) Carly Quinn,
1: (laughs) Carly Quinn.
0: Um, Well, it just, it looked a lot more mature, I guess, than I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be like super kiddie. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this is like a little bit dark like for yeah. Disney. I thought, okay, this is pretty interesting and I like Emma Stone. So yeah. uh, I do want to see it. But just like 30, 30 bucks is a nope. bit much. But see, here's where it ends. I just move the fuck on, right? Where I'm yeah, not like, yeah. it, Disney Plus. you know, it's just like, just I don't want to spend $30. I'll wait till like August or whatever when it's free. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll talk about it then. It's very simple. Yep. Let it go.
1: It's not like it's a Marvel movie.
0: You would have spent $60 if there were like... <laughs> They're like, you want to watch this, but it's going to be sixty yeah. dollars. You'd be like, well, we're spending sixty dollars. Fight night, bitch. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just not Marvel
1: or, or, or Star Wars.
0: I'm interested in this, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not thirty dollars interested into. Right. Like, I wouldn't have gone to the theater to see this likely. Yeah, unless not. and like, if people were like, that was phenomenal, yeah, I'd probably yeah. be like, mm, all right, <laughs> we're going to a matinee. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, in just Theaterate. I, <laughs> I wouldn't rush. To it, so it's like, yeah, I'm not about to drop 30 bucks on that. Um, but yeah, so shout outs. MoGraph. graph. Mo and uh, obviously, if you're in the biz, filmmakers, whatnot, what have you, you have a film or short or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Series.
0: Series. Send it our way. Send it our way. We and, love watching stuff. You know, what are we doing? I don't know. I'm still, I'm still figuring out a feature that I'm... <laughs> planning to write and we still have to get bot going so if you've been following the bot
1: uh well bots going it just you know it's just a, it's just a just snail's pace yeah. yeah
0: well somebody over here keeps working on freaking naruto oh well,
1: yeah right. yeah you know we got bills to pay you got cool
0: so. things to do here so you know
1: hey you want you want uh to buy cool things you want to yeah, buy do. lights and dressers from ikea <laughs> Then,
0: There's a standard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I need to work do, on.
0: Do you want to buy fucking fancy particle board dressers or not? Yes, yeah, is what I'm asking you.
1: There's a level of, of <laughs> a lifestyle that we have to live up to. The particle board lifestyle. Shabby. I must chic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's it.
1: That's it. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Bye.